may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Welcome to A Real Education Noir. I am Melissa, and these are my co-hosts, Tanya. Hi! And Allie. Hey! And uh, we are here to watch this week, The Asphalt Jungle. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. You know, we we need a... Um, a sound effect, like Law and Order sound effect, bum, bum, like chung chung chung, yeah. sort of like that, but <laughs> yeah. more noir like. Yeah, I th- yeah we need that. Something with a saxophone. Memo. Ooh, yeah. the memo to self. I'll ask Chad. Oh, oh, you're Ooh, right. Do it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll ask Chad Dutton for that memo to self. All right. So we're gonna watch the Asphalt Jungle, uh, ladies. What do we know about the Asphalt Jungle? Marilyn Monroe is in it. That's all I know. Marilyn Monroe, yes. That's all I know. Because <laughs> I, I hear her, her role is very, very tiny. But I'm she, sure. Kind of like that time that they, they misled us into believing Jada Gabor had a great big role in um, Touch of Evil. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And she just like yeah, walked no. on and said hello and was yes. gone. Yes. <laughs> I know people who were in Nightmare Alley are in this one. Mm, yes. I remember that. Because when I looked them up for Nightmare Alley, they all said Asphalt Jungle. <laughs> also Sterling Hayden. I know Sterling yep. Hayden is in this. I, I, yes, Sterling Hayden is in A this. A little bit more prominent than Marilyn Monroe in this film. Like, <laughs> like he is actually like one of the leads in yes, the movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm guessing by the title it takes place in the city. Mm-hmm. Probably New York or Chicago. Yeah. I'm going to go off on that. Okay. Because to be a jungle, you need things that you can't see around, and that says skyscrapers to me. So that's like New York, Chicago. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good. Yeah, not so okay. much L.A. in that. Yeah, that no. Yeah. Although you know, L.A. L.A. is very flat in that era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, dear listeners, I haven't seen this before <gasps> either. So all three of us are going Ooh. in new. I do know this is a John Huston movie. So John Yay! Huston being the man behind, uh, you know, little films like Maltese Falcon no. and uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre Yay! and oh, The uh, African Queen. Is and, that, yeah. is, is Treasure of the Sierra Madre considered noir? Somebody asked me this. They were like, because I was hmm. telling them, I was like trying to explain to my dad what noir was. And he's like, well, what about Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Because they're all out in the middle of the desert and they're all like, it's... And I was like, well, I don't know. And I, I think it's too early to truly be considered American noir because I think it predates that era. Well, Because I thought it was post and I... Oh, and you I might went, be right. You might I went be right. with like, it was like more of a okay. war film. As yeah. Because it's got the World War II edge of it with yeah. the, the people that they find out there. Well, it certainly has... Um, I mean, we're, we're kind of taking a tangent film, but Sorry. But I mean, it is it it does contain many of the main players in the film mm-hmm. noir era because it's Bogart and it's yep. John Houston and, um, yeah. So I I think it might be just kind of a tangential, okay. You know, related to noir, but not yeah, noir. Not noir. true. I wouldn't consider it true noir, but. Uh, yeah, maybe you know okay. it, it. It is a very loose uh, noir. Is a very loose definition, yeah, yeah. anyways. And we we've definitely been all over the map on it. Yeah, so. yeah. So I I'd say depending. Okay, depending. But anyway, uh, Asphalt Jungle. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna watch this thing, and we're all new to it. So Woo-hoo! I'm so excited. Let's go find out. Yay!
Jeez, what do we think? That movie happened a lot. That yeah, was there was dense. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, as I was saying, as uh, the movie was playing, there's there's just a style to John Huston films. They're so snappy and so slick. It's like this is there's so much storytelling happening in every single shot. Yeah, and I really really enjoyed seeing that. I'm so used to seeing his other movies. Like, I'm so familiar with Maltese Falcon. I'm so familiar with um, The Man Who Would Be King and, and all these films. And this is like, I've never seen this one before. It's like, oh my god, this is like a gold mine I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what a cast. Ooh, everybody <laughs> was in this movie. Yeah. So, first of all, we've got Sterling Hayden. Kind of our centerpiece who you know we just saw in johnny guitar you know all six foot five of sterling hayden as he towers over everyone and he's playing a heavy (laughs) and uh appropriately enough yeah he's good at it yeah he's really good he's he's a great thug you know, you know. Besides him, we've got Gene Hagen, who was in Singing in the Rain as <laughs> Lena Lamont. I can't stand him. <laughs> and you know what? I I kind of love her in this. Uh, she's a fun. She's character. at first. I didn't feel like I understood her purpose. I'm like, why are you here? Uh-huh. Why are you in this movie? Was there a quota? Did we need to have a woman in? I think it was a quota, more thing, but I don't know. Like time, but I think I felt. But I she grew on me. I mm-hmm. ended up feeling really sorry for her. Yes, yeah. because her whole purpose seemed to me to be defined by this guy who cared shit about her. Right, and like. Even when she had the chance to go out and do something on her own, like she gets this apartment, mm-hmm. and then she still just drops everything for him. And mm-hmm. that, like, I I didn't like that, but I guess it's a kind of symptom of the time. Well, I I got the sense that in her character, she's been handed such a bum deal yeah, that she's, she's like- willing to drop everything because really she doesn't have much else yes there's it's like she was beaten so far before we even met her yeah that like this is gonna be her high point now so if she loses this there's like nothing yeah it's just it ended up depressing me a little bit but she played it beautifully (laughs) yeah like the desperation in her face more of that Mm -hmm. lovely running mascara oh my god yes oh god and even when she's like I'm losing my eyelashes and she peels oh, off I know, her and full she's, season. And then, like, and then they leave her with awesome. one on and one off that was for so like good. three whole minutes. And mm-hmm. I was like, that do that today yeah, and your movie will die. That Nobody was that. gorgeous. And she like, yeah, I think I liked her so much because the performance was so good mm-hmm. that I felt super bad for her as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really loved watching her. And uh, um, also interesting, Marilyn Monroe in her tiny little <laughs> yes. bit role. Her itty bitty little role. Which she actually, she did really well at too, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, the, the thing we forget is that Marilyn Monroe was a decent actress. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, she was a hell of a comedian as well as a yeah. fairly decent dramatic actress. Ooh. And she plays the... The, the little sex kitten. Yeah, and I mean, really that's well. exactly what her type is in mm-hmm. this movie, and that's exactly her role. But she she nuances it enough 
that I didn't feel like she was a dumb sex kitten. Right. Which is what she usually gets pushed to in her comedies. Yeah. Like, she actually had some intelligence. Like, you could see her thinking about, okay, do I really give it up for this guy or do I stick to my guns and keep lying for him? Like, I felt like she actually sat and thought it through a little bit, which I liked. I also love that in the first scene that we see her, she's... She's sitting in the guy's lap and, you know, he pulls her in and kisses her and she she pulls away and she's like, oh, hell, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. The, then the guy, the yep. mask goes back on yeah. and she's like, I'm in it for the money. I'm being treated well. And then she yeah. turns it back on again, Yeah, uh, which I thought was pretty masterful. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, besides, besides them, um, you know, I love watching Sam Jaffe in this movie. Oh Oh, my God. The doctor. Um, and he would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for that sexy underage teenage girl (laughs) dancing. Yeah. I like that that's his, that's his realization that, oh, if I hadn't stopped to, to give this girl nickels for the jukebox, I'd have made it. Mm -hmm. I'd have gotten away. I, I love, I mean, so often you see Sam Jaffe is just like, um, in, just in supporting casting. Yeah. You, you love him, but he doesn't have much to do. This is like centered upon Yeah, him. like if yeah. it wasn't for Stur, Stur, Sterling yes. Hayden. Yes, thank you. <laughs> if it wasn't for him having the quote unquote romantic lead, mm-hmm. he would, he was his movie. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, cause he comes in right at the beginning and he's orchestrating so much of the plot. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Awesome, but he does it too. Oh, he's so he's, and, his, and he's his just a master. Is smart and yeah, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's so fun and uh, Lewis Calhern as Emmerich. You know, I love how he's nicely smarmy. You know, mm-hmm. he has the the professional loyalty front, and and then he he just. Oh, and and when he tries to play the criminal. <laughs> Um, yeah. he's not good at it. Nope. <laughs> he's like, he's doing pretty well for a while and then he falters. Yeah. Um, just, uh, God, I just love all the characters. Um, oh, Gus, James Whitmore. Gus, yes. Oh, so good. Oh, it was brilliant. And especially in the jail scene at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he just flips on that guy. Oh, that was amazing. I, I was, oh, that. do that more. Yes. <laughs> it's delightful. Oh, such a, it, it yeah, um, like most uh, John Huston movies, this is a, just a spectacular cast through and through, you know, even to the tiniest characters. Mm-hmm. And... And they're all given plenty to do. And mm. they're interesting characters and they're fun to watch. And I love that this this movie doesn't really have a good guy. There isn't no, a good guy. There is no good guy. There, you, well, you know, there, part, of, and part of what I liked about this The main film. cop is, well, not the sergeant, but like the main cop is a dirty cop. Yeah, John, and, yeah. No, John McIntyre. John McIntyre he, is, if, is If good. there's a good guy, yeah. it's him because he gives the whole political speech about what if we didn't have cops... How beautiful is that speech? Too. Yeah. I mean, it's like rah, yeah. rah, cop, it's, propaganda. Uh, that's like, hello, but, would you like some McCarthy era? Here you go. Yeah. Uh, what, what's really fun about this, I mean, this uh, this movie was 1950. This was like right in the middle of House of American, uh, Un-American Activities. Yep. Um, John Huston was actively working against it, mm-hmm. um, as was Sterling Hayden. Now, John Huston was never communist, but Sterling Hayden sure was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so they were both working together on. Um, I think they they actually there was like an anti 
HUAC mm-hmm. uh, committee that they had actually formed mm-hmm. to work against it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting hearing that pro police speech in this era, <laughs> like yes. right now or right and then, because I thought too. it was interesting in yeah. both. Oh, it's real interesting right now. It's like, mm. yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So we had political views. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> So, so dear listeners, um, I do recommend you watch this movie. It is really yeah, great. Yeah, it de- like it, it just be prepared for like a half an hour afterwards to go. Oh, I gotta process this. Yeah, because it is. There's a lot to get through. Like if I yeah. watched it through again, there would be probably another fifty thousand things that I'd pick up on. Not necessarily plot wise, but mm-hmm. just like nuance and acting wise. And it's just like. It's layered and it's, oh, it's oh, and, so, and so often um, you you have scenes set up where you have one character like way in the close in up close in a close up, and then over his or her shoulder, there's more going on mm-hmm. to watch with the other characters on screen. Oh, yeah. the heist itself! Oh, the heist! I love. Oh, I oh. love the heist. You you need to talk about lasers. Okay, so okay, so dear listeners, I should I should do a really brief recap because. By God, I can't describe this plot because I'm still <laughs> processing it. But basically, you have old old man uh, named Doc who gets out of jail, and he is uh, a heist planner. And you've got uh, Sterling Hayden playing kind of this heavy who really just wants to go back to Kentucky, but he kind of gets sucked into this heist plan as as a heavy. And you've got a couple other guys. You've got a gunman, and you've got a uh, the getaway a, driver. The getaway That's driver Gus. is Gus. And they all they all form this team to steal uh, jewels, and they think, and they're working with this bookie who has this contact who is this rich lawyer who also wants to. Uh, the lawyer, they, the they, lawyer is their backer, and yeah. he wants to be their fence because basically he wants to double cross them. Yeah, yeah, because the lawyer is broke, so he wants to steal the jewels and just make it on his own. So problem is he's too legit to know what he's doing, and he fucks it up. Precisely, precisely. So they're all in it together, and um, you know the the lawyer tries to double cross the guys who actually stole the jewels, and it all goes wrong, and you know spectacular things happen. So it, it's this beautiful double cross, mm-hmm. and uh, and the heist is just beautiful. I think this is the earliest I have ever seen use of an electronic eye. In a in a heist where you, they had the beam of light going across the floor and and the the doctor goes hey be careful of the electronic eye and um, the gunman uh, drops to the floor and slides himself underneath the light beam mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god I have not and seen then that they that and then early. they keep it like they don't just like they didn't just make it up they keep it because when they go back out yeah they have to slide the bags under it and like mm-hmm. do the same thing too yeah. It, and I mean, we're used to seeing it with the the lasers these days, and I mean, it's a it's a trope that's lasted since at least the nineteen seventies. But oh, yeah. it was like way earlier than I've yeah. ever seen it before. Yeah, I, and they I use really nitroglycerin. Should... Yes, which made me happy. Yeah, the the use of nitroglycerin is really up. great. Yeah. <laughs> which, um, God, I I want to look it up. Wages of Fear came out very. Uh, yeah, Wages of Fear was 1953, which is actually after this. Um, so, 
what I thought of in that scene is there's another, there's a French film called The Wages of Fear where it's a team of down and out guys in like Argentina or something who are paid to take a truck full of nitroglycerin <gasps> over the mountains. Oof. And it's one long suspense scene, basically. And I'm looking at nitroglycerin and I'm going, oh, I want to watch Wages of Fear now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised because nitroglycerin kind of came to, I, I feel like nitroglycerin kind of came to the public eye in movies with Wages of Fear. But this is earlier than that. Well, no, I want to say Nitro was in the, well, it might have not have been in film, but it was definitely in comic books. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, uh, Batman would use it, or the criminals in Batman, I Mm -hmm. think, would use it, if I remember right. Because, like, I remember it being a thing. Yeah. Ah, nitroglycerin. I love it. Liquid that explodes. <laughs> and it's so cool because like they've got it on this chain on his. He's wearing it on a chain, like on mm-hmm. a tie clip. And then he takes it out. He's got a little eyedropper that he uses. Mm-hmm. So, so like they. I don't know. It's a thing. What and do I, you like, Allie? <laughs> <laughs> so what I liked about this film was that it went against probably the typical setup we've had so far in the films we've watched, mm-hmm. where. Th- like we said, there really wasn't a good guy. There wasn't a main protagonist that we follow throughout the thing. Most of the movies we've watched so far, it's like, even if there's, even if our protagonist is somebody who's done bad things, like, they're ultimately good. And in this this case, Sterling Hayden was not that person. Mm-mm. He, he nope. was not a good person, period, end of story. And the one thing I dislike about Hayes Code, um, watching films from the Hayes Code era, is you know nobody is getting away with shit. No, so yeah. it's like, okay, so then, like, the suspense is, okay, how do they get their, their what's coming to them? Whereas now it's like, you you could watch a film, this, you could tell the same story in a film now, and it would be, okay, but is he gonna get away with it? Yeah. Like, that's the suspense. And there's no suspense of, well, but is he gonna get away with it? Because it's like, well, you know he's not gonna get away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I actually don't like about this film, because I knew... There was no way. Yeah, like I think I think if it was made today, the doctor would get up, would get out. He might or he might not. I mean, it, it, there's so much possibility. For, well, I think he'd code. have the best chance. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was still a very enjoyable film, but mm-hmm. I find that it takes a lot out of it for mm-hmm. me when I know that like there's not the chance that you're gonna get that. Ooh, the bad guy got away with it. Mm-hmm. Like I like that in a film. Our horses cannibals. <laughs> 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 I I was kind of hoping for that at the end. You know? Yeah, a little like, bit. The, the horses run up to Sterling Hayden's immobile body, and they're like, "Oh, that's like food." I mean, I I gotta <laughs> wonder see- would a horse eat a dead body? <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't if it think was so. Starving, maybe. But-, but those horses weren't starving. No. No, 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 I don't think a horse would just randomly go up and do. Okay, this. so now logistically, I'm sitting here thinking. So when they're shooting that. To get the horses to come to Sterling Hayden, are they like drowning him in sugar water? Are they like I, I, I want like, to see if hidden carrots like I, under I his arm? Like I want to believe they like slathered one side of his body <laughs> in peanut butter, yes. <laughs> so the horses could talk <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> All the horses were real excited. It's like Sterling Hayden's here. <laughs> Maybe they wanted an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to believe the pigs came right after, and oh, then, yeah, there no, then there was nothing left. It was gone. It was gone. All all six foot five of them. You know, it was just, it was just, 
gone. <laughs> what do you think happens to her? I don't know. You know, suddenly she's, she's in Kentucky. In, she's in Kentucky with no money, <laughs> a broken down car, and a body, and a dead guy, and a bunch of horses who aren't hers. <laughs> and I want to believe that this is just a random farm. Like, they didn't even pull into <coughs> the right farm. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the implication that it used to be his family farm, maybe, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. yeah, but it could. It, I mean, he was totally delirious, so he it could have been like, "Hey, there are horses over there that look like mine," and he goes just yeah. running off to a random field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just felt so sorry for poor doll throughout yeah. the entire film. Yeah, because it's like, oh, honey, you need to, you need to stop doing for him. Yes, he let you stay with him for a few days while you lost your apartment for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't catch the explanation in the beginning, but it was just like. Well, I think she stop. said she ran out of money or something. Something, yeah. yeah. The usual reason you lose an apartment, yeah, you pay for it. I, I, I did. Like I said, I didn't catch if it was that or if it was like, oh, it got shut down. You know. So like all the women do okay because <laughs> well, they, yeah. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe had sex, so she can't. She has well, to go to jail. She's an accessory. She well, has to yeah, go to that's jail. True. That's true. But you know, the, and nothing, the and you know, lawyers, she doesn't have like no, hot coffee poured on her. She doesn't have hot coffee poured yeah, on her. The women in know. this film make out far better than the that's last. That's true. Yes. Okay, I have another question. So, lawyer guy's wife, uh-huh. is she really sick? What do you think? I don't know. Yes, no. Is she playing him to just, like... It's clearly not working, so my guess is no, she's actually sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not drawing it, him I'm in. wondering if it, like, started as an attention thing, and then she just kept having to escalate it. <laughs> like, like, keep doubling like, down? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I've got a cold, honey. Oh, okay, well, you don't care about my cold anymore. Oh, now the doctor says it's pneumonia. <laughs> Because, like, by the when we see her, she's bedridden, mm-hmm. and he still doesn't care. Yeah, so, like, I, I, that's why I think it's legit. She yeah, it could be. But I, she's I brushing mean, her hair, and she's got, like, the well, happy cause, look. Because she still wants to look pretty. She yeah, still I wants suppose. him to pay attention. And I, I presume she's bored. Well, she's yeah, there's probably that. probably very well aware that her husband is begging this, somebody this else yeah woman. yeah and i think the implication is she's been like that for a while and that's why the yeah. the husband can just dally whenever he wants <laughs> yeah and and i'm sure she's just completely aware yeah so it's not about attention it's just well no well it is it is to her well yeah but she's yes. not sick for yes attention. that's what i mean. right okay. yes yeah, because if she could, if she could get his attention, she would totally be all over him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If I remember right, uh, Louis Calhoun, who played Emmerich, yeah, he was in Notorious as well, which also features a woman who's <gasps> eventually. I love that movie. Isn't it great? <laughs> oh, Notorious my is amazing. God. But I was gonna say, which also features a woman who winds up uh, kind of bedridden for a while. Yep. <clears throat> We should watch that for yes, we should for one of our movies for anything for for any reason whatsoever. Yep. We should watch Notorious. All of it. That that is definitely noir. Ah, yeah, fun. Oh, this is so fun. Such a fun movie. Yay. <laughs> what a, what other wisdom can I impart about the movie that I have done no homework on? Because I mean, I wanted to go into this cold to watch it, so I didn't do um. any. And I will say, like, trivia. go to IMDb. Yeah. It's free. Look it up. Put it in the movie. Go to the cast list and just look at, like, the bazillions of people that have uncredited 
yes. credit on mm-hmm. IMDb because you'll recognize like fifty of them. Seriously, like well, yeah, like Brad Dexter who was in Magnificent Seven, and and, uh, and Mary uh, Anderson was a voice credit. Yeah, um, the guy from the the dad from Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Jack Jack Warden. Jack Warden. Yep, mm-hmm. he was in it. Um, you know, there's just people all over the place in this. Yeah, movie. Mark like, Lawrence is that Connie. guy. That guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in Diamonds Are Forever, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Lawrence was also in um, Key Largo, which we watched earlier yeah. on this podcast. Yay, Key yeah. Largo. Key Largo. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a phenomenal cast. Now, it, Sam Jaffe, I just... I want to do like a Sam Jaffe film marathon. Ooh, Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Yeah. <laughs> there'd, there'd be a lot of fun stuff. It'd go everywhere from Ben-Hur to Bedknobs and Broomsticks. To- do, you think he was, do you think he was like the Nicolas Cage of his time? Oh. Jaffe? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I, mean, I think I think the Nicolas Cage of his time was probably somebody from either the Barrymore <laughs> or, Point. or the uh, Carradine the estate. Oh, yeah, probably the Carradine. More, yeah, I think Carradine. that's, I think okay, that's yeah, more yeah, the Carradine. Yeah, yeah Carradine. Carradine. Yep. Carradine. Or, uh, you know, if you're Britain, I would say... Um, oh, Michael Caine. <laughs> Because he'll be in anything. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> Who also did a movie with Nicolas Cage where he played his father. <laughs> which is a terrible film. Try with a, an American accent. It was just like, oh, honey. Oh. <laughs> honey. Just, just be his I, British father. It's okay. It, it's all right. We'll, we'll accept you. We'll accept you. It, it, that's a terrible movie, though. It's such a bad Wait, which one? Weatherman. The Weatherman. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. It's an yeah. awful film. Yeah. I wanted to like it just because. But, but no. I, I can like it ironically. And that's about <gasps> it. Okay. I have to ask you about a movie later. Okay. Cool. So, are we... Uh, do we yeah, have any I other think... thoughts about the Asphalt Jungle? I probably will, like, in an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. It's like, like, oh, that thing! It's like a big, heavy meal that Once I haven't digested. Once we digesting it, like, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. 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 All right, dear listeners, we hope you uh, go seek out this movie because yes, it is... It is awesome. Seriously, it is It is so much fun to watch. Uh, so please join us next time for... What should we watch next time? Ooh. Mm. 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 I did bring up the thought of Public Enemy. Should we go for that? Let's do Public Ooh. Enemy. Yeah. Okay, Public Enemy. We're going to watch Public Enemy, uh, which precedes film noir but you know yeah, it, it was influential it, on, it was influential on the film noir era so mm-hmm. let, let's do that yes. okay public enemy so dear listeners join us next time next time for public enemy i've been melissa and this has been tanya and Allie. and uh we will see you next time Bye-bye. bye we hope you enjoy our film fixation we'll see you next time on a noir education Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Experience has taught me never to trust a policeman. Just when you think one's all right, he turns legit. <laughs>